You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock on our app, on TuneIn Radio, and online at acaville.org. At the top of the hour this hour, it's almost time for Bend. Coming up from February 10th through 12th in Oregon, the second annual Bend Acapella Festival is on the way. Building on the success of last year's inaugural event, this year's festival looks great. In addition to headliners Naturally 7 and Grammy-winning members of the Bobs as clinicians, the festival has partnered with the Acapella Education Association to give their high school competition winner an automatic fee-sponsored spot in the AEA National Competition in April. There will be lots of other fun features and performances as well, and all-access passes start at $70, so head to bendacapellafestival.com and get all the details. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella here on Acaville Radio. It's Acaville's weekly talk show. I'm your host, John Lampus. Today, I'm joined by one of my closest friends in the world, Christy Wood. Hello. Hi, Christy. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So everyone, this week we're going to be talking about, we're, we're kind of doing something different than we normally do on Tacapella. Normally we talk about, you know, various acapella topics, auditions, group motivation, et cetera, et cetera. But this week we're actually going to be doing a little analysis slash review slash just our takes on a recent concert that both Christy and I attended. We went to see Straight No Chaser at the Keller Auditorium in Portland, Oregon on December 28th. We had a great time and Christy and I have seen Straight No Chaser before. Uh, Acaville was lucky to get an interview with them before the show that's going to be airing in January uh, in a couple weeks and we just wanted to sit down and talk about our experience at the show because you know it's it's a very different performance than I think both of us are used to, a different kind of setting and a different kind of beast than, you know, your standard acapella concert or acapella show or high school acapella group, et cetera, et cetera. So before we dive into that, Christy, do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your history with music? Just give them a brief overview of who you are. Okay, sure. Hi, everyone. Well, I, um, I'm visiting back from school. I go to school in Boston and don't really have music experience in college, but I know John through our high school music experience. I was involved in acapella and musical theater and really fell in love with it. And so it's always nice to come home and see these kinds of shows with John and actually talk about my interest in music with him. So that's, I mean, not a very thorough definition of everything I've done, but <laughs> there's a little highlight, yeah. mainly in high school, but... Yeah. Well, absolutely. And that's kind of the point of the show. I don't just want like the highest, most educated acapella experts on every single mm -hmm. thing, because then it doesn't become as relatable to all the people who listen to this show. So Christy, thanks so much for coming on. I think it's going to be fun to talk about this. Yeah, it definitely will be. So Christy, just background for people who don't know, you and I saw Straight No Chaser together a year ago on their tour, uh, The New Old Fashioned. And then this year we saw their tour, I'll Have Another. So quick take on this tour the one we saw just uh, about a week ago the um i'll have another what out of 10 what would you give it just like blanket statement that we will of course delve into more <laughs> yes exactly blanket statement i would probably give it about an eight out of ten mm -hmm. um, we can definitely dive into it a little bit more but i definitely enjoyed 
this production a little bit more than the one a year ago. Mm-hmm. And as some kind of context, this is the only acapella I've ever seen, the only acapella show I've ever seen other than high school. Mm-hmm. So I also don't have as much experience as maybe you do with seeing acapella shows. But as a general audience member with a little bit of music knowledge, I would give it about an eight out of 10. Yeah. And I think that's also important. Your context, your opinion is yeah. important in this because that's, it's not like most of the audience that was there both those nights was were mm-hmm. like acapella, you know, aficionados. Uh, I would definitely give this show like a nine out of 10. I really enjoyed it. And I think I enjoyed it um, even a lot more just knowing seeing this was my third or fourth time seeing them. And I really, I, I saw some things return from previous shows and some things not return. And I, I felt it was uh, very, um, any like detractions I had from previous years or overall were ne- it was never honestly because of anything musical. I've never had any real musical issues. I think they're a great group. They are my favorite acapella group. So, yeah. um, yeah. So just again, context, this is their tour. Um, I'll have another. And the one we saw last year was the new old fashioned. So let's, let's talk about comparing those. Cause I think that okay. kind of colors our perspective. So, um, Definitely. you know, I, I first saw straight no chaser my senior year of high school and I was head over heels. That was my first professional acapella concert. Absolutely loved it. And then I saw them for the first time after that, uh, last year with you and oh, okay. it was their tour. Yeah. Their tour, the new old fashioned. And I came away from that, not quite as sold on the whole experience or as just enamored as I was besides the fact that it was, you know, my second time seeing them, I yeah. felt, um, like when I saw them the first time, I it was very much more concerty in that there was still like bits and stuff, but overall it was a little, um, it was just a little more concert esque than show esque. It was more just like we're performing songs. There's stuff in between, but at, oh. uh, the one we just saw and the one a year ago, uh, there was like you know light shows, there was videos, there was like lots of scripted bits in between, and yeah. um, I thought overall those landed. I thought I thought this year they were very refined and much more like audience tested and just more smart, more clever than mm-hmm. they were a year ago. Yeah, I was going to jump in and say I feel like compared to a year ago, they stopped trying as hard. A year ago, a lot of the bits seemed like extremely scripted and like they were pushing pushing their yeah. show onto us as opposed to letting us enjoy it and letting us get to know them as individual performers. Like Mm -hmm. this time I felt like I could actually connect with them as opposed to them trying to sell us on them. If that makes any sense. No, it totally does. And I think, you know, I kind of wonder if, um, we'll talk about this a little later because there was there was one moment in this show that I was, that I think, you know what I'm talking about. That was a little like, Oh wow. Didn't think they were going to say that, Mm -hmm. um, that, in, you know, last year and end now, you know, Pentatonix is the biggest name in acapella. And I think they will be for a long time. And I kind of get this feeling maybe a year ago, not that I think things have changed drastically for Pentatonix in between them, but I think um, they may have been feeling a little like, oh, we're behind Pentatonix. We're not as big yeah. as we used to be, which is true. And that's, you know, that happens with every group. You have periods of mm-hmm. uh, being really popular and periods of not being as popular. And that's, mm-hmm. and it's kind of different for acapella groups than standard bands and other musical groups. But I think there was this feeling of we need to catch up. We really need to like become bigger and yeah. become like step into this new age. And there was a lot of, um, as you said in last year's show, uh, there was a lot of like asking people to follow them on social media, but like 
I mean, they must have said that like six or seven times during they the really show. Did. And it was it, a lot. And it was kind of, <laughs> and you know, every, everyone should ask that. I say that at the end of every episode here. And I think, totally. you know, social media is integrated into every parts of any performing ensemble, any form of media, but it felt very just kind of needy and kind yeah. of like, we really want you to follow us. And it, it didn't feel super authentic. It didn't sound like, um, especially this year when I got the chance to meet some of these guys and just see how mm -hmm. natural and kind and genuine they are, that kind of always like asking to follow on social media, it felt it felt like one of the scripted bits. Like yeah. it felt like the, you know, someone said, you need to, we need to get followers up and this is the way to do it. And it, it really took me out of, you know, I, I would say in between these two shows, the music was really very similar in terms of skill and in terms of, um, performance and in terms of everything mm -hmm. about it and rep i just felt really uh, just kind of awkward being told follow us on social media especially because i already follow them on every social media thing it almost <laughs> like but no but actually it like it made me feel kind of like are they not doing well like it almost like do they need <laughs> yeah something? it was almost concerning i was i was nervous for them and yeah i i it just felt a lot better this year knowing that you know I felt they let their music and their reputation and their performance speak for itself on why you should follow them on social media. And I think also there's like other ways to get people to follow you on social media rather than just, rather than just like asking them directly, like we have a concert or we have like fo uh, follow us to find out when our next performance in town is, or like there's a contest or something, enter on social, like with your Facebook account, something like that, just more mm. indirect ways. And this is getting more into marketing, but it just, I, I agree with you that it kind of the, the constantly asking about social media kind of cut through the show uh, last year more. And it took away from the entire performance, I would say. Yeah. And I would almost say the big difference in the show last year versus the show this year, wasn't the music set. It wasn't mm -hmm. the light show. It wasn't, the talent it was literally those bits in between mm -hmm. where they were asking us to follow them and that's unfortunately that's what i remember the most from their 2015 concert mm -hmm. was not even the songs that they sang it was what they were asking us to do as audience members and i don't know if that's a great way to walk away no, yeah. about after seeing an acapella show so this time I didn't get as much of that sense I almost felt like they were they figured out who they were mm -hmm. and who they were going to market to mm -hmm. definitely last year I could almost feel a sense of competitiveness like the acapella the popular acapella groups like pentatonics and this time you know they're extremely popular themselves and so I feel like they finally owned up to it I feel like they're not trying to compete maybe with the younger demographic that groups like Pentatonix is capturing. Because the people there are older for Strano Chaser stuff. It, yeah, they were a little bit older. There was still a range, but I mean, there's a sweet spot in that older group too. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I remember last year I was shocked at how much they were trying to sell when it seemed like the auditorium was completely packed. Yeah. So it's kind of almost embracing the group that they've attracted. Yeah. That's what I feel like they did this year uh, a lot better than last year. Yeah. And I think also, you know, a lot of older people don't have social media accounts. So even then, <laughs> like, no, but that might have kind of gone yeah. over them. Because even in the interview, which um, will air um, again in, Jan in a few weeks here, like, they were talking about, yeah, our audience generally skews like 
uh, middle old, you know, just kind of just overall just older. Oh, than, they said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But I think, you know, just no. recognize that, okay, you're you're not going to have as many people on social media just because your audience is older and not as many and they weren't around when social media got started. They didn't get a Facebook account when it first came out. So, you know, they don't have Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it just showed that they are more confident in themselves. Cause I think like where Pentatonix is now, that was, I think maybe not as big, but straight note chaser had very similar momentum, like around 2010, 2009, it was after the 12 days of Christmas went viral and they were signing their record Uh. deal. And there was just a lot of, momentum behind them and they were like the acapella group and so i think instead of them trying to really recapture that and like in kind of a desperate way just kind of letting you know kicking back and letting the music speak for itself i just i love that so yeah it really just made the show feel more natural to me i didn't feel as like i need to go do this like they're asking me it just it felt good it felt overall cleaner and i thought the jokes landed well too yeah i totally agree because the jokes you know, and this and this gets into the larger topic of, you know, uh, and that's why you're such a great perspective on this, Chris. You've seen acapella performances. You've seen just like standard, like like even just like a school concert. Like we've seen like an acapella group perform. Yeah. We had an acapella group at our high school um, that you saw perform multiple times, and it was all it was was you know there were no bits in between. There wasn't any talking. It's just we go out perform, and the music stands on its own, and that's it. But with straight no chaser and I'm, I'm guessing with a lot of other popular groups but it seems like straight no chaser a lot is that they have these bits in between they have little jokes about the members little little stuff little acts mm-hmm. and i think those can be either like really hilarious or they can be like very or they can be really uncomfortable because it's going into this kind of you know you, yes you have to be theatrical in any kind of performance you do but there's a certain point where it just might not feel honest and i thought this year's it felt really, I remember, you know, they started both shows this year's and last year's with a video. Um, That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't remember last year's that much. I just remember not thinking the joke. I mean, it was them just like going out and doing funny stuff, making fun of themselves, which is great. But I just remember the jokes not landing as well or feeling as authentic. And this year's, yeah. I remember there was one point where I just was like, put that in like there was one line where like put that in a sitcom put them in anything and that's just yeah, hilarious that's right. there was the um uh they had the the guy don saying like they were like all in a football locker room and like we're doing this you know we, we gotta thank everyone who got us here we gotta do this for coach and then like uh walter just looks around he's like who's coach like yeah. i was just i i was cracking up and so is the audience yeah i think honestly the success of this show was because they learned more about their audience yeah they know what's gonna land that's the key yeah Yeah, i agree like even i i think they kind of overdid the whole like where's they had a little where's the wi-fi thing in the video but even that like that felt more like okay usually wherever whoever you are even if you're old or young you're gonna use the internet you want to know what the wi-fi password is stuff like that Mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 like rather (laughs) than just you know kind of cheaper jokes which honestly i don't really remember many of them from last year because they just didn't stick with me so i really liked you know, the video, I thought the bits were more honest. And I also felt, and maybe this is just because I got to meet a few of them beforehand, it felt like they were a little more true to their character and not trying to like, you know, cartoon versions or caricatures of themselves. They felt very honest. I, I thought um, like the uh, the base Charlie, he he had a thing at one point and he, he came out, he, I don't know, he, the way he talked 
in the bits and portrayed himself where it was very similar to how we talked in the interview we had we have with them for Akaville and just oh it, really yeah it just felt like okay yeah I get this and it it, it was really nice I like that mm-hmm yeah, I liked the part in the video where the two bases oh, were all yeah. the tenors were running on the track and warming up, and then the bases were sitting there with some kind of alcohol. And yeah, it was like it was like a whiskey and whiskey, and, yeah. and, and like cigars, cigar which yeah. I think and I, I think that hit on two levels. Um, like in terms of one, it just, yeah, it's funny that those people are not doing something and the others are, but also because like. For me, I'm like, well, yeah, even though it's not healthy, if you want to get a low voice, like, <laughs> drink and smoke See, a lot. Exactly. See, I got the general audience perspective where I just thought it was a funny yeah. difference between the two, and you are actually analyzing it. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's and that's really cool because it's hitting on two fronts. And I, yeah. I just, mm-hmm. and I, and I, when I was laughing at that, I got it like, okay, some people are seeing it like this, but for people who know voice, we get like an extra little laugh wow. out of this. And it was it was just well done, and I was really you know because they had I remember the the baritones were because it was like I don't know but I've been told like it was mm-hmm. that whole thing the baritones mm-hmm. did it really like kind of monotone because they they were talking about how baritones sing very few notes and they're just doing it really boring the tenors were doing it like two octaves up really high falsetto mm-hmm. and that was funny too and then the basses that with the drinking and the smoking yeah it was it was really great and I thought those videos um they were just more clever they were more refined it just it overall made me like got me in a really good mood for the show whereas the one the year before was kind of like okay that wasn't like super funny it felt a little like (laughs) i don't know almost contrived yeah Yeah, contrived is the right word Mm -hmm. so i think you know when you go to these things yes everyone will enjoy the music because straight no chaser is an amazing group but i think um in marketing, uh, you know, this can be said for all acapella groups, in marketing yourself, there is a danger to, like, caricaturing yourself or, like, um, you know, know, it's fun. It's totally fun to make fun of yourself, but do it in a clever way or also just, it just doesn't land and it just comes across as, like, okay, you shouldn't, you just give us the music. Don't even go into these theatrical areas if you can't make those land, essentially. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like acapella groups might even have the challenge of trying to find their place between being the super lighthearted, happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. acapella group mm-hmm. and almost like a chamber choir yeah. type of feeling. And yeah. it's really hard to find that middle ground where you're not making fun of yourself. But you're still able to have time. fun. But exactly, you're still not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah, because then, and I've seen it both ways, um, where a group takes themselves too seriously and when they don't take mm-hmm. themselves seriously enough. Like, uh, yeah. and I remember, you know, uh, our our old choir director, he was talking to us about, uh, you know, our show choir was called the Windjammers in high school, and they were, we were doing like all this choreography, and he was like, okay, yes, have fun and look like you're having fun doing it, but don't make fun of yourselves. Don't do a caricature because yeah. there's a difference between look i'm having fun with what i'm doing or look i know what i'm doing i think what i'm doing is dumb so i'm gonna make fun of it and i don't True. think straight no chaser ever did that but i no. think there are groups that can that fall into that sometimes i remember i saw uh i don't know there was some group i saw i don't even remember the name but every song they they their director was like you know be active be emotional in the songs and have fun they said have fun on all these songs and they were doing like some really like emotional ballad and they were all doing like kind of 
dance movie things that just completely contrasted uh, with the song. And again, Stranger Tooster didn't do that, but I think this is an important message about how you present yourselves during songs. And that's the thing I also like about Strain No Chaser is that every they all knew what they were trying to portray in each song. In the songs that were kind of, you know, more controlled and um, more emotional, they were all, you know, they were all pitch perfect in how they portrayed the songs and how they portrayed their emotion. It's just, you know, and I felt that both years, this year and last year, in the songs, I always felt I got the right emotional performance from each member. It was just in the bits and the intersong stuff intrasong stuff that i felt more honest this year and less it just and just funnier honestly and just more ent- entertaining yeah i completely agree with that point boom so i think that's pretty much everything we can say about the kind of extra musical stuff that was featured on this show um again just want to clarify we love straight no chaser we enjoyed the show so much and now we're going to get into maybe the slightly more positive stuff i think it was just important <laughs> no but i think it's important to recognize why this show was so positive and comparing it to other experiences that we've had that maybe weren't as positive so we're going to take a quick break here and we're going to be right back we're going to listen to a classic straight no chaser performance one of my favorites and we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. <laughs> Take me there Just like a break I'll take you there 
Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. And welcome back to Acapella. Boom. So we just spent a lot of time talking about social media and straightener chasers, like improvement in their kind of intra you know extra musical stuff in their performance this year versus last year so what i'd like to do is kind of dig into that larger topic more on the idea of a show versus a concert because how this is built how these are all built is this is a straight no chaser concert it's not like i'm going to straight no the straight no chaser show you know so i think and you know obviously like we already said there's lots of uh bits videos all that stuff and and those are really fun but there's also like a huge freaking light show, tons of choreography, like costume changes into just like different suits. But even then, like, <laughs> um, and again, scripted jokes, but, uh, and then they also have like, and this is, you know, could be concert or show, but they always plan to do two um, encore numbers. That's what they always do. Like they didn't even go off the stage for the second encore. They just stayed on because people kept clapping. So I think I'm kind of wondering, Christy, what you thought comparing your experiences with just seeing like standard almost like choir concerts just standard performances versus a full-on show with choreography lights all this extra stuff that made it a larger than life kind of experience or at least one that they were trying to portray yeah it definitely felt like i was watching a show and that you were getting what you paid for when Mm -hmm. you when you saw something that was that grand Mm -hmm. like i remember even thinking back to last year, I, I remember the lights and I remember the choreography and the, the performers that really in, seem to enjoy themselves on stage and enjoy entertaining. Mm-hmm. So those were the moments that to me really stand out because I come into an acapella show expecting really high level vocal performances, but sometimes I'm not expecting the entertainment aspect and I think Straight No Chaser does a really good job of incorporating the audience um, both in the you know the lights and the sounds but also I remember last year they had people like come up and yeah join like a part of like a contest or something do you remember that and they asked for audience participation which is kind of interesting to keep it lively yeah and that can go 
either really good or really bad. I've seen it yeah. both ways. So and I think it was fine last year. I noticed they didn't do any audience participation this year, like a specific audience member. They had us like yell out stuff or like sing during songs or whatever, like like on really well-known songs. But it was, again, it did not feel like I was going. I, I remember seeing, um, you know, the biggest acapella show I've seen was I went to the ICCAs, which is the International Championship of Collegiate Acapella, uh, the, the quarterfinals for that where all that you just see the groups come up and they do three songs each and i think they can't exceed a certain time limit and so all you get is just like pure music they do they, they do dancing and stuff like that but there's no you, you know they're not really talking between songs or whatever they're just getting up there and showing them showing the audience exactly what they can do musically and it was kind of nice to see that kind of contrast where you know by making this more of a show than a concert i feel like they can enjoy themselves more and i think they can express themselves in different ways that the audience can connect to and then they have that through line to the song like i know the uh jerome who's like one of the most outspoken and like you know <laughs> lively members of the group he makes a lot of jokes in between but he also you know he's really energetic when he dances he's got a lot of power when he sings and how he performs and that just like that brings it out to me and i think that's harder to do when, because I would say a concert is more restrained than a show you know, in these really broad terms and big generalization mm -hmm. about those two. But I think it's easier to kind of get into the whole, into performing songs when you have ways to keep the energy up in between the songs, essentially. I know that, uh, you know, we had a choir concert at CSU this year and we did two uh, big pieces both six movements long I think we we're up there for like 25 minutes half an hour and it was like and it, this was a choir concert and it was this was the chamber choir and it was a lot and it was really tiring and we we're just up there on risers doing our thing um, which is great and that's you know what I want to do with my life but in regards to conducting that but it was a lot to keep the energy up and get the same the right emotional punch to each song and approach it the same way when we're just standing up there and there's not you know, interaction with the audience and there's yeah. not, and that's fine. Cause that's not what the same format is, but just as a performer, it's a little harder to get into the whole thing. And I remember in, uh, in high school when we, when that, we did have those acapella show choir performances, we had a variety show and there weren't really bits or anything in between, but again, it was this very much like, uh, we had choreography lights and all this stuff that just made it again, more lively, more entertaining, um, not yeah. enter not I don't want to say necessarily more entertaining, but it supplemented the already entertaining mu music with more like honestly superficial stuff that that kept the energy up both in the audience and in the performers and, and like the band and everything. And it, I I think that's an important distinction to remember because I think we you know it's really easy for us to look at this just as we're the audience members and we're looking to be entertained and let's see what they're doing. But I think it also helps them when there's choreography like. You're you're gonna get more into the song, or you're gonna it's it maybe not necessarily more into the song, but it's gonna be harder for you to get out of the song, and it's harder for you to lose interest or lose focus when you have more like lights, action, camera, all that stuff. Yeah, and I think you know going along with what you're saying about the enjoyment of the performers themselves, I think an audience reflects that kind of joy. So mm -hmm. when we watch Straight No Chaser, I mean everyone looked like they're having a great time. And so then the audience responds by having a great time right back. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a more fulfilling experience, I feel yeah. like. Um, but I don't have, you know, the background that you have with very traditional acapella concerts. Mm -hmm. But this definitely, to me, felt like 
a show that was on par with theatrical performances. Yeah, it felt like it's not like it felt structurally and like almost thematically similar to musical theater performances, it which we which we've both seen a lot of. But even then, like they kind of have the benefit compared to the, a theatrical performance. They're not pretending to be people or characters they're not so they again audience interaction like yeah. it's super fun and like hey my name's siggy my name's charlie or whatever and like i remember we had the, they performed the um sitcom medley and like that only yeah. works if like people in the audience know sitcoms and feel invested in those sitcoms they did the friends theme and there's the, i love uh, that the yeah i loved it too and they did the clapping part like they had the audience clap mm-hmm. with us <laughs> actually wait no they didn't now no i remember they didn't ask us to clap everyone in the audience just did it at the clapping part of the friends theme and i think that says something about how engaged the audience was if they were bored maybe they'd still do it but like it was it was really accurate and i think it was also funny in the times they had or asked the audience to sing um like the audience like just compared to other performances i've seen like the audience sang pretty well in tune and sang a lot of the right notes (laughs) and everything and i was like oh well this is kind of nice and that and that speaks more to audience composition than anything but i just i was really impressed with the idea of them selling me on an acapella show than just an acapella concert. And I think that's something I'm really going to, and that's, and that's a lot harder to do than an acapella concert, but that's something that I think I'm definitely going to implement in my next semester with my uh, new group and something I wish I had done with my previous group and something that I hope, you know, listeners and want to join or, or create acapella groups that they will consider uh, incorporating. Don't, you know, Acapella, it can be a really hard art to sell sometimes because of its, you know, reputation as nerdy or whatever. That's honestly kind of is really dying down. But it's you sell the audience on it more when you provide more ways for them to be entertained at an acapella performance. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they're competing against all the distractions that audience members have now. And what's interesting about Straight No Chaser is that they're confident enough to say, Hey, you can use your cell phone. Right. You can record us and show all your friends. And that goes back to the thing we were talking about in regards to not asking people to follow you on social media, but having kind of workarounds to how to do it. They have their, um, uh, where they turn up the lights like before intermission or after intermission, and they uh, they do audience photos and say tag yourself. That's yeah. really smart. It's I just, think that's marketing genius. Like that, you know, they've done that at every performance, and I'm always like. I remember the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try and find myself in the photo. And obviously I couldn't because I'm just, <laughs> it's a giant photo. It was a giant auditorium, but it's, it's a really smart way. And again, it's audience and group interaction that, you know, honestly that that's appropriate for some venues and it's uh, inappropriate for others. If we're performing at like, if I don't know, me and my group are performing again at a choir concert, or if we're like an extra thing at a, like a more classical performance, you know, we're not. It, we're not going to try and make a show a mini show in a larger performance you stick with the format you want but or that's appropriate but if you're just doing your own solo concert like make it larger than life i remember um in undergrad at puget sound uh there was another acapella group there um who i, I just didn't think was musically that great or and i thought kind of struggled a lot but their one of their like leaders was just ridiculously funny and not mm-hmm. in a, like trying to show off way. So in between the like songs, he would just like not necessarily like even make jokes, but he was just very comfortable on stage and just would make funny quips that just 
was honestly more rewarding of an experience than the actual music, at least for me. And that was, and that was something that uh, my group got complimented on occasionally too. And I I never recognized the importance of that, but I'm like, okay, make, don't limit yourself to just trying to entertain with the music because acapella has an uphill battle to be relevant and to be cool and to be entertaining. So I think groups should follow straight note chasers lead and do as much as they can to um, boost themselves and to market acapella to the masses. Yeah. And yeah, again, to the masses, I feel like this kind of show is appealing to a wide variety of people. Mm -hmm. If they, if they didn't make it a show, if it was just a concert, then, you know, they might get half the audience that Mm -hmm. they actually had. I feel like anyone would enjoy the performance that we went and saw regardless of their musical background. Yep. And then it's really interesting. Yeah. And if it's the thing about it being a show is um you can make it longer i feel because if it's just straight music then you know changing up the format can make it more entertaining i know my group we did like a i think we did like a 12 song performance once and we had like a little intermission or whatever and that was like as long as i felt we could do a big kind of big performance but if we made it you know if we had an auditorium with lights and everything and choreography it becomes much more intricate and people have more things to be entertained by and latch onto, and then they're being entertained in different ways so i was i was really happy with um because i've been in performances as long as straight no chaser and i've been in you know or and longer and there have been times where you know if it's the same thing over and over i just want to get out of there even though i like what i'm seeing i just don't want to be there that long but if they Mm -hmm. can again um, spice it up and have more mana, more manifestations of their group in different ways, in different media, in different outlets, choreography, um, you know, audience photos, videos, all that. It just makes it you, the audience can last longer, frankly. Yeah, and I think this show aspect also makes them think a little bit more about the song choices mm-hmm. that they use in the concert. And they're able to tell a story or at least take the audience on some kind of journey throughout the show. Um, yeah. Have an and so arc. I, th- I, yeah, exactly. And I think they do a really good job of that too. And making the transitions easy to follow. Nothing ever felt like, okay, we're going to switch gears into this next song, mm-hmm. which Honestly, I feel like could easily happen with yeah. acapella shows. Yeah, because they can kind of introduce the next numbers or tra- or provide a like a vocal like literally talking about the transition. It yeah. makes it makes it easier to go from one song to the other because they had a lot of high energy numbers, and I feel like if they didn't kind of preface them in some way, it could get just kind of like overwhelming. Like, and I'm someone who honestly like I over I usually. Uh, over schedule kind of more slow ballady pieces and you know for groups that don't have the opportunity to have this kind of show aspect um you got to be really careful with how you perform your songs and there has to be an art because you don't want to do too much abruptness or if you have an abrupt change preface it or make it you know have it mean something whether it's in the lyrics or in just like even the key or the soloist or something like when you schedule this stuff and you choose songs, like I'm in the middle of choosing songs for my new group and I'm just like, okay, like choosing the songs is part of it, but also like scheduling them and having the order, like that's, that's hard. And I know- I feel like that's almost equally as important. Yeah. And creating a cohesive show. Absolutely. Because if I choose songs that can't like line up with each other, go from one to the other, 
it's it's just gonna yeah it's not gonna be as entertaining as of a show or or the audience is gonna feel like turned off for some reason they don't realize they're gonna be like oh why are we doing that like i know um one thing i learned in my undergrad from actually like the band professor is um he said you know when you're performing a concert whether it's instrumental vocal whatever you don't want to have songs in the same key always following each other like over and over and over because the audience mm. if you have like half of the concert in b flat major and they're all following each other the audience won't realize it but they're going to get tired and it's going to be harder for the performers and you know I thought Straight No Chaser had a lot of pieces in a lot of different keys, and I felt they were different, if not different, in terms of energy, different in terms of style, and different in terms of implementation. And again, using the like lights and choreography to change it up. It was really, um, really, really clear when they didn't use choreography. I think on two or three numbers, mm-hmm. um, Oh Holy Night, at the very, very end, they didn't use choreography. And I don't think they did on Creep either, or they used very, very minimal choreography. And those were pieces that I think would be weird if they had them. And it yeah. stood out more to me with when they didn't have it. Because we had seen like when they did uh, Proud Mary and whatnot, or that they had so much choreography and so much going on and so much, so much um, stuff going on with the lights and everything and the extra musical stuff that it's cool to get that contrast between a lot and a little essentially and i think that highlights um the song choice and it gives you you're able to do more things with song choices you're able to make transitions you couldn't make without those extra musical things and i think that's just that's important to remember because I, I wouldn't recommend anyone try and like see all the songs straight no chaser did and just try and perform those one after the other without any kind of um something to break it up because people will get tired yeah. and the performers mm-hmm. will get tired and just it's not feasible on both the ex- expectation for the audience to stay engaged or for the performers to stay up to par and able to perform those yeah yeah i was literally just going to make the same exact point about how performers will definitely get fatigued if mm-hmm. they don't have those moments where you can just let your voice mm-hmm. shine through and you know not worry about being as charismatic or mm-hmm. dancing as much around or you know jumping up and down but it gives the performance, the performers an opportunity to kind of take it down a level and regroup, but it also gives the audience a chance to really appreciate both types of numbers. Yep. I remember when in the variety show I did with the show choir in high school, like when our director would like schedule it all out, he was very meticulous about, okay, what follows what? And it, a lot of it was like, okay, if we're going to do like a big group number, then we want to follow up by like a small number to like give people a chance to rest. And then we're going to do another small number following it. So the people from the first small number get a chance to rest their voices. And it's also just like, again, in terms of like, I'm not going to do a ton of high energy numbers one after the other, if that's going to totally drain my voice, or if there are a lot of high energy numbers or really, um, complex ones maybe save them for the end where if you're like already in the zone of like okay just like push forward to the end i remember we had in timberman a really crazy arrangement of fly me to the moon that was so hard and it was just really really tricky but we did it and then we followed it up in that and that piece was very much for like the musicians in the room the people who would understand the harmonies and get how hard it was and then we followed that up with something everyone would love which was mulan's i'll make a man out of you which oh, was love that song yeah it's the best <laughs> fun fact christy played mulan in the junior high musical in Lake junior Oswe- high Lake yes. Oswego junior high um and i remember don't look it up <laughs> i don't know if you can find it maybe you can um but i remember like okay we said okay each of these songs are harder for different reasons flying to the moon is really hard for the harmony and the rhythm and then 
um, I'll make a man out of you is harder for the thickness of the texture. The chords are easier to tune, but it's harder in terms of like the high energy we have to have going the whole time. And then the last song was Shaboom, which we always ended our concerts with. So we knew, okay, this is going to be easy because we've done this so many times and it's kind of even we're going to be confident on it and we're going to perform it even if we don't have quite as much energy as we did at the beginning because we're going to be we know we, we have this ingrained deeper than the other songs and we're going to feel more confident and we can kind of i'm not not drop our energy but we can fall rest a little bit on our laurels in that regard and so we had this kind of arc to those to the last half of our set and it worked really well and at first i was like no we got to break these numbers up but it ended up working out really well because again even shaboom's a hard song um if you you don't know it well but because we knew it we selected it very specifically so again comparing that with straight no chaser there was definitely i could tell a very clear um format that they were following in a very clear arc that they were going on like overall if we just like look at it they had really high energy numbers at the beginning and then like the first right before the intermission right after the intermission a little uh, slower songs then christmas songs near like the last like second third of the fourth fifth or whatever fractions and then like one or two high energy numbers at the very end um and then they ended with like with the encores 12 days of christmas um which everyone would go nuts for because it was the song that made them famous and then oh holy night where they turned off the mics which um was like super stripped down but again it was so much variety that they were able to interject into their song choice and their set list that i i, I really admired that i think is really hard to do yeah, and I love that last song particularly because I feel like it's an ode to what acapella traditionally is. Mm-hmm. And it almost takes you back to when you were in high school and you didn't have all these lights and the microphones and it was simple and it felt yeah. very pure. And I feel like that's a really great way to end the show is to nod back to those those times and <laughs> you almost have a sense of nostalgia when you when you see something like that i absolutely agree because they stood you know for the whole uh show they were either dancing or when they weren't when they weren't uh, moving around they like had spaces on the stage like all the bases in one place and like the beatboxer in a certain corner you know to mimic instruments or for some reason but with the final song, they just had in uh, a half circle a, or a semicircle, which is what you get yeah. with like choirs or acapella groups, and then just a soloist at front. And I that really spoke to me. I was like, oh man, this is like what I did in high school. Mm-hmm. This is like what I do now. And I thought that um, besides just being stripped down, I think you hit the nail on the head. It really there's a nostalgic. Um, it was really nostalgic for a lot of people in that room because they had that same experience, and they come to Straight No Chaser to see the pinnacle of those kind of experiences. Yeah, and what it's evolved into. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Boom. So let's take another quick break, and we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. Rocking in a cradle in the hall somewhere and I 
Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where vocal music is our forte. And we are back here on Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, with my best buddy, Christy Wood. We've been talking about the Straight No Chaser concert that we saw last week, December 28th, at the Keller Auditorium. We had a great time. We've been talking about all the things we liked, some things that we thought were improved from the previous year. So we're just going to wrap up our final thoughts here. Christy, overall, just conclusionary thoughts on what you thought of this concert. 
I personally really enjoyed this concert as someone that isn't as involved in music as I'd like to be. This was my annual opportunity to appreciate the art of acapella and see how much it's progressed since, you know, our high school days. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved it. I think the performance quality was amazing. The whole show aspect, I thoroughly enjoyed just from an entertainment perspective. And I'm happy to have been able to see them for the second time in a row with you. Boom. Absolutely. I really liked this. In addition to all the reasons you talked about, um, getting to just see this really high, um, high quality group, I thought it gave provided a lot of, uh, insight in regards to, um, things you don't necessarily think about when you see an acapella show in regards to the extra musical things, the idea of it being a show rather than a concert. I thought it provided a lot of perspective. I thought it was really cool to see the improvements in just how they marketed themselves from one year to the next. I thought it gave me a lot of ideas on how to run a group and how to, um, you know, kind of present an acapella group rather than just performing with an acapella group. I was overall, you know, I've seen them three times now every year. I think they're vocals and their actual musical performance is always great but i thought this year they really did a great job with how they presented themselves and how they they envisioned themselves as an acapella group so i was so glad i got the chance to be there i was really glad i got the chance to meet some of the guys before the performance that was super cool um i'm i'm just really glad i got this opportunity and i hope to see them again this same time next year and maybe even sooner before then so that was awesome. And uh, Christy, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been super fun having you here. Yeah, thanks again for having me. I've had a great time. Absolutely. So <laughs> uh, everyone, that's it for this week's episode of Talkapella. Again, we've been talking all about Straight No Chaser and the recent concert here in Portland. If you want to get a hold of me, you can tweet me at John Lampus. If you want to get a hold of the station, tweet them at Ockerville Radio and send us an email. You can go on our site, find out all the information you want. If you have an idea for a Talkapella episode, feel free to tweet me or the station. Let us know what you think. And if you want to be on an episode or join Akaville, just hit us up, me, the station, anyone involved, because we are expanding and we want to get more and more people involved. And we'd love to hear what you want to see on this show, because we're making it for you guys, not just doing this, because I want to listen to myself talk. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, <laughs> for listening to this week's episode of Talk Acapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, with one of my best buddies, Christy Wood, as my guest. And for everything acapella, stay tuned.
Serenity. I seem to cure my 